Darnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. 30, 35, 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today podcast. As always, my name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host, Wheeler. Today we have a really busy podcast ahead of us. The, I mean, the world is falling apart. Half of the coaching staff has been fired today. The support staff is gone. Darren Usher, Brad Lorendo, Drew, Fabianich, they're all getting fired. It's absolute chaos. Cadillac is coaching the entire offense. It's him and Ike and Will Friend. They're the only ones left. It's absolute chaos. Let's get into it. Wheeler, we're just going to jump straight into it. Thoughts? Give us your thoughts about Harson getting the boot. Everyone else getting the boot. Who else is getting fired? Let's just let's just hop in. Today has been what every Auburn fan has been wanting for weeks and weeks: clearing house of the Boise boys. Yeah, we don't have any coaches right now, but it's going to be okay. Um, but for real, uh, you know, Harson gets fired this morning, um, and then. As we're about to start recording the podcast, the the shock waves start coming out of all of the other guys that are getting canned too. Um, just in brief synopsis, I mean, obviously we all knew that Harson needed to be fired. Um, I don't think he was fired yesterday because I think the athletic director situation hit the fan. That's a whole nother mess that we'll get to in another podcast. But for right now, Brian Harson's gone. You've got all of the Boise guys gone, except for right now, as of 445 while we're recording this, we still have Jeff Schmetting as defensive coordinator. Whether he stays or not remains to be seen. If I had to make a bet, I would say by the end of this episode, that will no longer be the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now, I'm excited. Uh, I'm also a little bit concerned. I mean, like right now, you're looking at it and you don't have a quarterback's coach and you don't have anybody that played quarterback. You don't have anybody that's remotely coached quarterbacks before left on the staff. So, I mean, I know that this is just like spitballing here. Jason Campbell's on the Auburn payroll right now for his job on the radio. Um, you know, friend of the show, former guest, go check that episode out sometime. Um, but he might, I mean, genuinely, you might have to bring somebody in, a, a former Auburn guy, to come in and coach quarterbacks because you you don't have anyone on the staff right now that can coach quarterbacks. Um, I expect Will Friend will be retained. Um, he wasn't especially close with Harson, was my impression, from him getting hired. Um, I don't think he'll be retained by whoever the next staff is. Um but no, I'm I'm really excited about Cadillac. I think that winning this week would be an extremely tall order given the chaos that's going to happen and that has ensued today and trying to prepare a football team to play a game on Saturday. Um, it being a night game helps a little bit, I guess. I mean, it's better than an 11 o'clock kick, but 
I think you cut him a lot of slack this week because it is Monday at 445. He doesn't even know who all is on the staff right now. They have to institute a game plan. I'm excited about the new game plan, though. I mean, the reports coming out is that Cadillac told him we're going to run the ball all day long. And I think that that's what Auburn fans have thought we needed to do the entire time. We have an elite running quarterback. We have two, honestly, every time Damari Austin gets the ball, looks pretty good carrying it, two, possibly three elite running backs. The offensive line um, has significantly improved, Um, especially if you're going behind the left side of that offensive line right now. I mean, you're having great success. Um, So I'm excited. I mean, if you hand the ball left and you have Jeremiah Wright in the game, which I don't know if he just didn't know the playbook or what it was, I think he's one of our better blockers. He and Killian Zier, or however you say Zier in German, elite blockers in the running game. I mean, they manhandle tackles on the regular, but he hasn't played that much this year. I don't know if he's been dealing with an injury or what the deal with that's been. I think there's potential to actually have a competent offense for the rest of the year. I think the defense played well, but they – they got gashed at the end. There wasn't a lot of rotation. Um, and we'll see if that changes under a new coach or if there's a new energy um, under having a new coach. I think the players are going to be really excited for Cadillac. I think that it's one of those situations where he's an Auburn guy. I think he can relate to them in the fact that they he has the school spirit and that he hasn't quit on the team. And I think you saw in 2012 that once the team quits, if you keep the coach that's there, it's just going to be a train wreck the rest of the year. And if you see what interim coaches have done across the country this year, if you reinvigorate the team, they're typically not just talent-wise so much worse than everybody else that they're playing. So I'm excited. I think that, like I said, I think this week is probably going to be a really tall order to see. I feel a lot better about the Western Kentucky game than I did this morning. Um, I think you have a chance against Texas A&M, and dare I say it, I think you have a chance against the Crimson Tide. But we'll see. Noble, what are your thoughts? That was my racing through every thought in 20 seconds. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, essentially, I think the bottom line is just – I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance that the team comes out looking like a different team. I'm not saying that we're going to win on Saturday. I'm not saying we're going to beat A&M or beat Alabama or even beat Western Kentucky. But I do think it'll be interesting to see how the team reacts. And obviously today, they had a day off. They ended up having a player-only meeting to kind of talk about everything, which is typically what happens on these kind of things. This was not exactly a conventional Monday for the team. But it wasn't like they were planning on doing a ton of game prep for today. So the way I kind of saw it is it's just let the world burn on Monday, get back to work on Tuesday and start focusing toward Mississippi State. And for us, we'll have a bit we'll have a second podcast this week kind of breaking down that Mississippi State game in more depth. This podcast is mainly just really harping in on the coaches getting fired and just everything that's regarding that situation. We'll talk about the AD maybe a little bit on the next podcast for just for time's sake. But just a summary of today. Brian Harson's been fired. Eric Keesaw has been fired, the offensive coordinator. Tight ends coach Brad Bedell has been fired. Strength and conditioning coach Jeff Pittman has just been fired. General manager Drew Fabianich has just been fired. The associate athletics director slash football chief of staff Brad Lorendo has been fired. And director of recruiting Darren Usher has been fired. 
most of those guys came from Boise State. And so that was kind of, you know, the uh, a similar – a lot of people were mad about just them coming in from Boise, not having a ton of experience. Seems like as soon as Brian Harson's gone, those guys are getting cleared out. Like Wheeler mentioned, we'll wait and see about Jeff Schmetting, see how that works out. But I think the biggest thing for us is just – for Auburn is just kind of seeing – how the team reacts to Cadillac being at the helm, how Cadillac can reinvigorate this team. If kind of the the three-headed monster of Cadillac Williams, Zach Etheridge, and Ike Hilliard, if they can salvage the little bit of recruiting we have. Obviously, we lost three-star, the three-star offensive tackle commit, Gernoris Wilson. He decommitted earlier today. He really decommitted as soon as Brian Harston was fired. He I'm not going to hate on the guy. He's a three-star offensive lineman. He was ranked outside of the top 900 in the country. So I don't think that was one of the best recruits in this class, and I don't think we're really going to be hurting out of that loss. Now, there are a couple other guys that you still got to monitor. Jeremiah Cobb will be in Georgia next week for the Georgia and Tennessee game. That's a name to watch. Obviously, that's one of the biggest recruits in the class. Cadillac is kind of his main recruiter since he's a running back, and Cadillac's been the running backs coach. I trust Cadillac to keep that guy in the class. Cadillac hasn't really lost many recruiting battles of guys that we really wanted. So I'm not really sweating as much about Jeremiah Cobb as other guys like maybe a Terrence Love or other people that seem to be a little bit more taken back by Brian Harson being fired. With that being said, it seems that the the first order of business is how Auburn will react in these next four weeks, but also with what Auburn's administration is going to be focused in for the rest of the time or what they should be focused on is getting a new coach. And that's the biggest thing that they should be focused on so that when the regular season ends and it becomes more, you're bringing guys in for interviews all the time, you know who you want, you can get your interviews in, you can get a coach hired quick in December. That's the biggest thing I think that this administration needs to do. And so, Wheeler, unless you have something else you want to add, we can just hop in with kind of what the head coaching landscape looks like right now. So the common name, the most common name that you've heard, obviously, is Lane Kiffin. That is the, I would say, one of the biggest names that you've heard. Brandon Marcello is an ESPN writer, used to write for Auburn, has SEC ties, and he says that Lane Kiffin is one of the top, you know, top performers. I don't think you should really focus on what Brandon Marcello says that much, but it's worth noting he's a reporter. He says Lane Kiffin's the guy. Deion Sanders is a guy that's been getting a ton of momentum, especially today from kind of the Auburn fan base and a lot of national media. A lot of people are talking about Deion to a big-time school like Auburn. It'll be a big media move. That's what a lot of the country's talking about for the sole reason that Deion Sanders brings a ton of media attention, has the record at Jackson State, is undefeated, 8-0 right now. That's a name that a lot of people are talking about. Then there are the kind of other names that have been a little bit more under the radar from the national media. You've got Hugh Freeze, head coach at Liberty, Jeff Grimes, offensive coordinator at Baylor, some other guys that we'll mention. But Wheeler, it seems like those really Lane Kiffin and Deion Sanders are the two names you're hearing the most. And we'll talk about all these guys. I have a whole list of people that we can talk about throughout this podcast. But just really quick, give us your thoughts about Lane Kiffin and Deion Sanders a, do you think that they would jump at the opportunity to come to Auburn? What do you think it would take to get them to Auburn? And how do you personally feel about the opportunity to hire one of those guys and how it would work for Auburn? I personally think that Dion would definitely jump at the chance to come to Auburn because, I mean, every time he's been asked a question about going to a Power 5 school, he says, I would definitely have to take a listen. That, to me, says – yeah, if I get offered a Power 5 job, then I'm going to take that Power 5 job. There's not going to be a lot of Power 5 jobs that open up this year, and I think Auburn's 
probably going to be the strongest Power 5 job opportunity this year. Um, Lane, I think he would. I I think he would come to Auburn. I My concern is how successful he's been at Ole Miss and kind of that he has things going there. They're not going to fire him at Ole Miss. You know, his, his string is going to be a lot longer at Ole Miss than it is at Auburn. Now, do I think he will be able to wedge this into another pay bump from Ole Miss? I definitely do. So I would look for Lane Kiffin to get a pay bump, even if whether we offer him or don't offer him, I think he's going to get a bonus out of this. Um, I I do not like the Hugh Freeze idea. I don't. I, I like him as a football coach. I think he's a very good football coach. Character-wise, I just can't get on board with hiring Hugh Freeze. I mean, I just have major hang-ups about what he did at Ole Miss, and I don't think that that fits Auburn. You know, I think that we can find a coach that is as effective at winning football games as Hugh Freeze is without the baggage that Hugh has. Jeff Grimes, I think that starting with a new president, a new athletic director, a new football-only facility, you really have a chance here to start an exciting thing at Auburn and, you know, take these two terrible seasons and erase them from the memory, start fresh and really hit the ground running as being a playoff contender. Jeff Grimes seems like a safe choice that may be the safest. If you have a 12 team playoff, if you know for a fact that there's a 12 team playoff coming, I don't think that Jeff Grimes is a terrible hire. Do I think it's a splashy hire? No. Do I think that it's going to take Jeff Grimes a whole lot longer of a time to get the transfer portal rolling than it would take Lane Kiffin or Dion? Absolutely. Because I think that Lane or Dion are both big enough names that it's going to be plastered all over ESPN. It's going to generate excitement and it's going to attract guys that are in the transfer portal. But I think it could also attract guys to enter the transfer portal and come to Auburn. And that's just my that's my opinion right now. I mean, what's his name? Judkins for Ole Miss. If Lane Kiffin comes to Auburn, Judkins. I think there's a serious opportunity that he enters the transfer portal and comes to Auburn too and replaces Tank Bigsby. I mean, it's been widely reported that he wanted an Auburn offer and Brian Harson passed on him. He's from Pike Road, right right down the road from Auburn. I think that's a serious possibility. I'm not saying that every coach that you get, you automatically get the guys off of their roster. But you look at Lincoln Riley going from Oklahoma to USC. A lot of guys followed him. A lot of the good players went from Oklahoma to USC. Does that happen with Dion? He's got a lot of five stars down at Jackson State. Does that happen with Lane? It really could. I mean, I think that in today's transfer market, I think that's something you look at. What's the roster of the guy right now? What kind of eligibility does the star players have? Is there a chance that they'll hop in the transfer portal and join him? I mean, I think that that's just part of the game now. I, I really think it is. Um, so that's why those are my two favorites. Um, I don't think Jeff Grimes is the worst hire, and I think that with the current athletic director, 
or a reported athletic director. Hasn't been announced by Auburn. Um, with Cohen coming in, I think that that takes your Jeff Grimes uh, possibility down a few notches. Um, people keep saying Matt Rule. I don't see that happening. I really don't. And I think that that would be a detrimental hire to Auburn. I think that that, I mean, he was known for not loving to recruit. It was not the most effective recruiter while he was at Baylor, and that is not what we need to compete with Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. So I'd be out on him, out on Hugh Freeze. Other than that, I mean, those are my exciting things. And the dark horse, and I hate to be the smoke-in-the-crack guy that always thinks that Auburn's on the rise. I can see a situation where Auburn loses this weekend with a lot of fight, but just there's too much going on this week. You lose this week, but then you go on to beat Texas A&M. You beat Western Kentucky. And you give Alabama a run for their money, maybe even beat them. Beat them. And I think that you have to give serious consideration to Carnell getting the head coaching job at Auburn. I also think, based off of reporting from Keith Niebuhr at On3 and his story about the recruiting situation at Auburn, kind of sounds like all the guys that got fired today were not doing anything on the recruiting trail and that the guys that are still on the staff were grinding in recruiting. And so you're probably not going to lose those guys if you keep them on the staff. Just something to keep in mind. Yeah, and I think that's a very interesting, a very interesting take, especially with how, you know, it seems like a lot of the interim market has been that it's kind of looking recently that if you're winning, like if you win as the interim, you're you're a thought, you know, like people are thinking of you as the guy. And if all of a sudden you turn it around, make a bowl, win a bowl, all of a sudden you have a winning season, then all of a sudden Auburn is looking good. You know, like Auburn has a complete 180 and Carnell would be the guy that really engineered that. And it wouldn't surprise me if you did get a look. But something that I think is really interesting, and this is something I want to hear your opinion about, everyone's mentioning Lane Kiffin, you know, you know, pushing a dude from Ole Miss, Deion Sanders, everyone, everyone's talking about guys that are taking just step-ups, and everyone knows it's a step-up. My, my question to you is, you look at what, what's been going on recently. Miami, they took Cristobal from Oregon. Uh, LSU, they took Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. USC they took Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma do you think that Auburn would go and you know if you know every all signs are pointing to Cohen being the athletic director Auburn just poached the AD from an SEC West school do you think that there's any chance that Auburn really starts shooting for the stars and goes for you know a a Dan Lanning from Oregon he's seven and one right now at Oregon you know has SEC experience do you think Auburn goes for Josh Heupel at Tennessee like you know, are these kind of guys, do you think that Auburn will approach this as only looking at things like that? Or do you think Auburn's going to go out and say, hey, we want this guy and we're going to get him? Because, I mean, that's what USC did. That's what LSU did. That's what Miami did. Those are all big-time programs like Auburn that have a lot of money like Auburn. And, you know, everyone's talking about how, oh, Auburn, they're just – they're going to be – they don't have any money. They're having to pay all these people – the fact Auburn has paid $37 million in football head coaching buyouts in the past 687 days. This was a, a tweet from Brian Fisher. 
That is $54,900 per day for roughly, you know, just under two years. The thing is, everyone's talking about how Auburn's crazy and Auburn's just not, they don't have the money. Auburn has money. It's not like, that's not a problem. Auburn has a lot of money people that are making decisions. And everyone points to the fact that, you know, there's not any job security. But it's like, it's like Barrett Staley pointed out. A lot of coaches get fired in the SEC for not doing things. And even the thing the thing with Auburn is, you look at the past two guys, even look at Harson. Yeah, it may not have worked out and he got fired, but he made a lot of money at Auburn. Like, like that's something that no one's really talking about is Brian Harson got paid $15 million. He just made $15 million today to not coach football. Like, that's, that's not a bad thing. If you're a football coach and you're wanting to get paid, like – that, that's not a bad thing. And Auburn has the resources to win championships. That's something that, you know, schools like Ole Miss and Kentucky don't. You know, that's people talking about Lane Kiffin and Mark Stoops. Those schools don't have the resources Auburn does. But this is just kind of a question to you. Do you think that you – do you think Auburn will just kind of go after schools that also have resources to win championships and just say, hey, come to Auburn because we said so and we're going to pay you and do what a lot of these other big-time programs have been doing – you know, in the past kind of coaching, coaching carousels. Yeah. I think that what you're saying kind of goes with like going and hiring a Mark Stoops, somebody that's at a program that's paying him a lot of money, but maybe Auburn could pay more. Um, Even Dan Lanning at Oregon. I think you could go do that. Josh Heifel. That's not, I, I don't see that happening because I don't see Tennessee's money people letting him go after what, how he has finally turned their program around and all the turmoil that they've had. Or him wanting to rebuild another program after, you know, getting Tennessee up and rolling. So I agree with some of those names. I just – I think that Heupel is untouchable right now. I think the untouchable names are Ryan Day, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Dabo Sweeney. I think that right now in college football, those are the untouchables. Uh, and I would probably say um, Lincoln Riley. Other than that, I think a lot of people are on the table. If you want to pay the money to go get them. Um, I like the Dan Lanning idea. Um, people have said Steve Sarkeesian. I think that's a terrible hire personally. Um, I don't think Texas is that good. And I think Texas has significantly more resources than Auburn does. And he honestly has just not done that much. Um, I think Jimbo Fisher would be a disaster hire. Some people are saying that if A&M fires him, Auburn should go get him. Why would we go and hire someone that just got fired from an SEC West school? Like, what, what's going to be different at Auburn that's, than Texas A&M? They have more money in their NIL collective, and he still couldn't win. Why would you hire him now? No, I, I think that's a terrible idea. Um, I think some other interesting names would be Clawson at Wake Forest. He's really turned that program around and gotten them going. Um, Caldwell at Coastal Carolina, that's a risk. That's what I don't love. I don't love that's that a name. I don't. I don't like. I don't like the name Coastal Carolina and Auburn being in the same sentence. That's my biggest hang up. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a really good coach. He's not the coach for us. And I think you look at Lance Leipold at Kansas too. Like I think he's a really good coach, and I think he might deserve a step up. I just don't think it's at Auburn personally. What about Dino Babers from Syracuse? My only hang-up with him is not from the South, but he's done a heck of a job at Syracuse. Uh, the, the name that I think is an intriguing one, and this is a lot of it is because of his last name and a lot of it is because of what he's doing right now, 
And that's Garrett Riley at TCU. He's the offensive coordinator leading a fantastic offense, Link, brother of Lincoln Riley, who, you know, obviously made his biggest name at Oklahoma, is at USC right now. Incredible recruit. Lincoln Riley's an incredible recruiter, incredible winner. Garrett Riley's his brother. It, it reminds me like it could be kind of a, a Mark Stoops and Bob Stoops situation where, you know, Garrett Riley is still a really good coach. He might not be what his brother is, but right now he's the OC of an 8-0 Big 12 team. Like, I, I think if you want to make a splash higher – you know, everyone's pointing to, oh, like, look at Dion, look at Lane. It's like, if you want to take a boomer bust guy, Garrett Riley is about as boomer bust as you can get. Like, there's a chance he becomes a top, you know, he there's a chance he becomes one of those untouchable guys, but there's a chance he fizzles out just like Harson did. And my thing is, and I think a lot of people disagree with me, I think that Auburn needs to go safe with this hire. Because of the 12-team playoff, because of what we just did, because of the money that we have, I think a guy like Jeff Grimes is becoming close to my number one option. I think if Lane Kiffin will come to Auburn, I think you jump at it because of what he's done with the transfer portal and how he can rebuild a program just like that. But my pick is slowly becoming Jeff Grimes because of his recruiting. His offensive line recruiting is incredible. His offense averages good numbers. They're not incredible. They're not just absolute video game numbers, but he scores points a lot. And his offense never just gets absolutely shut down. And that was the thing, even with Gus, Gus's offense has some games where it got absolutely shut down. And I think that if Jeff Grimes can do similar to what Gus did, that's not a bad thing. And obviously no one wants to talk about, oh, Gus was this, Gus was that. If there was a 12-team playoff throughout Gus's entire career at Auburn, Auburn makes the playoffs multiple times. And I think that's what we're looking for right now. And I just don't think if we had a fourteen playoff, yeah, I'd be a little bit more hesitant with Jeff Grimes. But I just don't think there's a need to make a jump on someone that's never coached D one football. And it's like, yeah, they can recruit, but they've never they've never coached. Deion Sanders has never coached D one football, and that just scares me of hiring a guy because this was something I was listening to a podcast today about it, or they were talking about how Deion was a candidate for the for the Arkansas job. And they ended up going with Pittman. And obviously Pittman's been a good hire for him. But Pittman was an offensive line coach that was relatively a risky hire. And the fact that Arkansas rolled with the risky hire of an offensive line coach over Deion Sanders, and obviously Deion Sanders didn't have quite the resume that he did now when it comes to, you know, landing the number one recruit in the country and stuff like that. But we all know Deion could recruit two years ago. Like that that wasn't something that we just learned now. So I, I think that's just a big thing that I'm a little – anxious about when it comes to people mentioning Deion Sanders is he's inexperienced and it's just very boomer bust. And I think that if we bust on a hire, it sets the program back four or five years. I think if we play it safe with a guy like Jeff Grimes, I don't love Hugh Freeze as a person, but he's a good football coach. I think if you bring in a Jeff Grimes or a Hugh Freeze, I think Auburn gets to the program that it was when it had Gus. It's going to be have great years every two to three years. It's going to have good years in between then. And I think that Auburn's program will be established and it'll be ranked in the top 25 consistently. And with a 12-team playoff, I don't think that's a bad thing. Now, obviously, a lot of people don't want to hear that. A lot of people want to hear the splash hire, guys that, boom, you think we can be elite. And I just don't know if we, I just don't know if we need that right now. But I, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts about all those guys. Here's the thing that I think about Dion. He has not been in a Power 5 school yet. However, he played at a dynasty 
I mean, when he was playing That's at Florida true. State, they were a dynasty. And he played under one of the greatest coaches, greatest college football coaches to ever live. So he's at least experienced a program that was established. He knows what an established great college football program runs like from that time. He played in the NFL for years. was highly successful in the NFL. So he saw the organizational leadership of that. Different sport, but still saw professional MLB. And then he went and became a coach at the college level and has been very successful. Now, the competition that he's playing week in and week out may not be the same. But as far as running a program, you're run, you're doing a lot of the same things when you're – I mean, it doesn't matter if you're at a group of five, a SWAC, or a Power Five school as far as what your day-to-day looks like. The only difference is how many people are watching you do it. And I don't think that Dion's going to be somebody that more people – I don't think that he's flying under the radar while he's at Jackson State. It's not like you're taking a typical coach – that has been coaching at a smaller school and has had nobody watching them. And then you're like, well, can they handle the bright lights of coming up to the power five? Like Dion has people watching him all the time. He has video cameras everywhere all the time. He's got CBS there filming his practices, filming his speeches. He's not going to have any more exposure at Auburn than he does at Jackson state. And so I'm not concerned about there being like this, influx of media and attention on the program that he's not used to because he went to Florida State in their prime. He played in the NFL. His his nickname is literally primetime. He lives for the TV camera to be there and how to teach all of his guys how to play and how to block out the noise while still being great with the media. So that's why I think Dion is a unique case of a smaller school guy with less experience that even though he has less experience sitting in the coach's seat, he has that experience as a player and as a commentator, he has a variety of different experiences that I think really make him less risky than it would be if he was another person who had coached football for three years in the SWAC and had never been in a power five situation. So that's why I'm not as concerned about him. Um, I mean, Jeff Grimes, that that just is so uninspiring. It is. That's boring. That's so boring. And I'm concerned that it's going to take him so long to turn things around that it's going to be a problem. I think that you need something exciting, even if your offense is exciting. You know, even like Lincoln Riley's brother, even if his actual name is not exciting and his offense is exciting. I mean, think about how excited people were when we hired Gus. Gus had a terrible resume when we hired him, but he had an exciting offense, and so you pack out the stadium for A-Day because people are excited about this offense. If you bring in another guy that has a boring offense and wants to play defense and wants to recruit O-linemen, I don't know what that does for the program. I don't know what that does for NIL checks. I think if you get one of these exciting guys, even if it's not Lane or Dion, there's other people that are more exciting than Jeff Grimes, in name at least. And I don't disagree with that. And I do love I I, I do really like what you said about Dion. When it comes to Jeff Grimes, yes, the name is not that exciting. It's not. I admit that. The guy averages the offense. But the guy he averages 38 points a game. 
But that's my Big thing. 12. Everybody averages 38 points a game. But the thing is, he is scoring points. He is scoring more than we do, like by what very wide margin. And I get it's the Big 12, but he still scores points when he plays good defenses. And that's my thing about him. And also something that I think is an – you know, we don't want to hear this, but it's something I think is a fair point. Jeff Grimes and Hugh Freeze are both in their early 50s. I think uh, off the top of my head, I think Grimes is 54 and Freeze is around that, 50, 52, 53, something like that. Those guys, if hired at Auburn, will never leave. They will not leave. They will be the coach at Auburn until they retire or until they're fired. If it works out like it would – Hugh Freeze would not have been fired at Ole Miss ever if he had not had his scandal. And Jeff Grimes, obviously, we don't know how he would be as a head coach, which is something that is concerning that he's never been a head coach at a good level, but he's been in real Power 5 football for the past 20 years. Those guys, if they come to Auburn, they are Auburn's coach until they're done coaching or until Auburn says they're done coaching at Auburn. Lane Kiffin and Deion Sanders, I just don't see them staying at Auburn that long. Like, yeah, we might get some really good years. Lane Kiffin's going to Alabama the second the job opens up if they want him, and there's no doubt in my mind about that. Regardless of if he comes to Auburn or not, he really likes Saban. I think he wants to coach at Alabama. I really think that. And I think that if Texas A&M – I think that if Auburn hires them and Jimbo Fisher stays at A&M for a year and then they fire him then, who's to say they don't poach Lane Kiffin from Auburn? Like – do we really think Lane Kiffin is going to have loyalty and stay at Auburn when Texas – like, Auburn has a lot of money. Auburn is a great program. Texas A&M, they have more money than anyone in the country. I don't care if you're Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, Tennessee, Oklahoma, USC. A&M has the most money. When it comes to NIL, it is unmatched. They have crazy money over there. Why would Lane Kiffin not go to Texas A&M? He has no loyalty toward Auburn. And Texas A&M, you're just playing with money, and you have elite players whenever you want. Like, what's the point in Lane Kiffin not just leaving there? Deion Sanders, what's stopping him from going to Florida State? If he comes to Auburn and excels, like, do we do we think he's going to stay at Auburn if Florida, the Florida State job opens up and he's done a great job at Auburn? Everyone in the country is going to want him. Do we think he would stay here? Like, that's something that I'm concerned about, that if one of these guys, even if they end up the biggest boom hires we have and they're really good for a couple of years, will they stay past three years? Because I think Freeze and Grimes, while, yeah, they might not be exciting, they'll make Auburn good, will make the playoffs under them multiple times in a 10-year span, and they're not going anywhere. And I think that's something to consider if you're thinking of the entire future. But if you just want to restabilize the program now, I don't think Dion or Lane Kiffin are going to leave the program in a bad spot, especially Dion. Like, even if Dion is here for two years and leaves, the hope is that his players don't just leave after him, but he'll bring good players to Auburn. Chris Kleiman, Kansas State's head coach, formerly of North Dakota State University. I think it's an interesting name. I think it's an interesting name. I, I don't I don't think he's a top name, but I I don't think it's a bad one. But it, it also goes on to what you were saying. Like he's not that's not gonna excite the fan base. Like he's a good coach, but the issue is good traditional coaches that play good offense, good defense, have a good culture, those guys don't really invigorate fan bases with excitement. The people that would get Auburn's fan base just like their tails on fire, Lane Kiffin, who is 
throwing golf balls at people. He's trolling people on Twitter 24-7. He plays offense. He doesn't care about defense. Deion Sanders is absolutely, you know, it's Deion, the most charismatic coach in football. Garrett Riley is putting up 50 points a game. Like, those are things that excite people. But these are people, you know, sometimes the coach doesn't need to be exciting. Sometimes he needs to be a dang good football coach. And I think that, you know, the name you just mentioned, I think he's a good football coach. But I don't really see how he's that all that different from Jeff Grimes or Heath Freeze. Well, he's been a head coach, unlike Jeff Grimes, and he didn't order hookers for underage children like Hugh Freeze. Which is, yeah, that's absolutely a fair point. That's a fair assessment. But I would put those three guys in a different tier as the Kiffins, the Deons, the Garrett Rileys. I'd kind of put them in, in separate things. But this is one of the, the last name I want to mention. And obviously, everyone talks about it every time an Auburn coaching Search happens. Nosa Igwe tweeted about this earlier. For those who don't know, Nosa Igwe played for the 2010 team and the 2012 team, went to the NFL, had a good career over there. He talked about the potential for Urban Meyer with an absolutely broken reputation from his terrible span in Jacksonville. Does he come back to college football at Auburn to beat the best, beat Alabama, beat Georgia, and cement his legacy as an all-time great? Do you think there is any chance that Urban Meyer comes to Auburn? And if he would come to Auburn, would you take him? And we're talking about terrible people. Urban's a terrible person. But, man, if we're talking about someone who can coach football, Urban Meyer is a top-five football coach instantly if he steps on the college football again. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I mean, I'm going to refrain from any coarse language. But no, no, that that's that's the worst name I've heard other than Hugh Freeze. How about we not get a low character guy? How about we not get someone that everywhere they go hit new lows on the character totem pole? How about we do that? Let's just let's stick with somebody that's not just world renowned for being a trash human. I mean, I think that that's not a low bar. Not, you don't even have to be known as a great guy. But, I mean, just garbage. The scum of the earth. <laughs> I mean, that that's what we're trying to deal with here. No. No. This is Auburn. We do not hire scummy people. No. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't want to hire the scumbags either. But if you tell me that Urban Mike... The thing is, if you look at Urban Meyer's resume, it's unmatched. If you take a name away from it and you look at what he has done in college football, there is nobody that would say no to that. If you look at what he's done and the terrible things he's done, you're like, absolutely not. This is a horrible human being. I think it's the balance, though. There are some fans that don't really care about that. Now, I, I don't know if I would personally want him, but I do think that if he was interested in the position – you have to give him an interview and you have to consider him, in my opinion. Off the top of my head, he covered up domestic abuse. He kicked one of his kickers and he had an affair with his wife in the middle of a bar where everyone could see. Absolutely not. And that's a fair point. I'm not going to disagree with you because I completely agree. As a Jaguars fan as well, the dude's a horrible person. But that kind of wraps up our quick little emergency podcast discussion. We're going to get this out to you guys. Hopefully you guys can, you know, really enjoy the listen and message us with any thoughts you have, any coaches you want, 
anything that you disagree or agree with on this specific podcast. And we'll be back a little bit later this week. We'll be breaking down any more potential firings that happen, anything like that, and be previewing the Mississippi State game and just kind of talking about all the other happenings that happen throughout the week. But as always, thank you guys so much for listening and War Eagle. War Eagle.